good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Couldn't cut, didn't cut again. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Oh, hey. Oh, oh. <laughs> sorry about that. Am I even on uh, right now? Uh, Ogama, I've just had a really busy day, and I know you've had a really busy day. Yeah. I just, gotta, I just did a show with Matt McNeil, and now I'm trying to remember what show I'm on, but I think I'm on uh, Native Roots Radio, <laughs> and we discuss local and national Native news and events. And as you know, Ogama, Native, Native issues, issues are human, human issues, and human yes. issues are Native issues. And this portion of the show is brought to you by MN350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice. And this portion of the show is also brought to you today a little bit by Water Legacy, uh, which is a group working to protect water here in Minnesota. Um, And we'll have a wonderful guest on here in our second segment, right, Robert? Yeah, we might even, uh, she's in the bullpen right now. And I know I've known of Paula for many years. I'm a St. Paul resident and she was a city council member and she's still doing great work out there. So that's awesome. And uh, I'm excited. And then later on, we're going to have Robert Lilligren of Native American Community Development Institute. And then uh, you and I will talk again and I'll, I'll make even work more and longer because, you know, we're both frazzled here. All this work we do. Yeah, well, thanks. Yeah, we'll we'll get through it somehow. It's only an hour, right? Um, yeah, so exactly. I guess in lieu of news today, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the topic of at hand, uh, which is the Polymet uh, proposed mine in, in northern Minnesota. Uh, Polymet is a copper sulfide mine um, that is proposed uh, up on the northern 12 miles or northern shore of Minnesota, um, 12 miles south of the Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness. And uh, this is this project when you start to read into what it actually entails everybody it is it, it it's amazing that this is and or was permitted at one point in the state of minnesota this mine would produce millions of tons of waste rock and produce acid mine drainage which contains carcinogens and heavy metals like lead and mercury uh, this is happening right next to the st louis river and which flows downstream into lake superior and would harm the residents of duluth and the fond du lac band of lake superior chippewa and i don't know if anybody has heard of this company before but have you ever heard of glencore robert no is it another one of those foreign companies that want to destroy our environment it is it's a swiss mining and commodities giant and they are known for uh you know all kinds of things labor violations all um labor violations environmental issues bribery corruption unlawful actions um the united steelworkers called glencore one of the most irresponsible companies on the planet and that is who uh, would be setting up for Polymet Mine. Um, this is like 16 million gallons of polluted water that would be released into groundwater each year, uh, which would then seep into the St. Louis River Shed and flow downstream, which, again, contaminates water supply for the Fond du Lac Band, the city of Duluth, and possibly, ultimately, Lake Superior. They want to cut costs in this project and build a 250 foot tall dam to store 225 million tons of radio of reactive mine waste. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> do I, I don't even know if I need to repeat that 250 foot tall dam to store 225 million tons of reactive mine waste. That's not a sentence that. <laughs> That should really be uttered. I mean, it's almost laughable. I mean, how bad this is. Um, According to Friends of the Boundary Waters, the same type of dam uh, designed by the same dam engineer had collapsed in Brazil. And that that dam killed over 200 people. And that that type of dam construction is now banned in the country of Brazil. But they think it's a great idea here in Minnesota. 
Um, I, the other I, issue with PolyMet is the same kind of issue that we have with projects like Line 3 and with other uh, major environmental projects along that line is that PolyMet has designed their financial issues around this in a way that their investors are always paid first, meaning Minnesota taxpayers are going to be on the hook to clean up when things go south, which they will because they always do. Um, the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency and the EPA, or excuse me, the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency um, and some higher-ups at the EPA have cons expressed concerns, or excuse me, the EPA expressed concerns to the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency about the wastewater permit, um, which would allow PolyMet to actually violate the Clean Water Act, which is federal. Um, and there's been a ton of permitting issues with this. So for now, the state of Minnesota is temporarily safe from PolyMet because Minnesota issued the final state permit for PolyMet and the Minnesota Court of Appeals threw out that permit. Um, but now PolyMet um, can't do anything until it's done with the legal um, issues. And I'm probably butchering what the legal issues are with this case, but that's part of the reason why we have uh, Paula Maccabi, who is the um, Water Legacy Advocacy Director and Counsel, uh, meaning she's, uh, I believe, the attorney that's helping to take uh, both permits for the PolyMet mine to the Minnesota Supreme Court, which they have done a fabulous job of. And that uh, second water permit case, I believe, just hit the Minnesota Supreme Court last week. So she's graciously offered her time to try to explain a little bit more of this issue and uh, why it is such a problem. And I'm really excited to hear from her, Robert, because ever since I've heard about polymine and twin metals and also the tamarack mine and some other just really terrible um, mining ideas here in Minnesota, um, you know, it's just kind of been on the back of my mind. Once you know about these types of issues, um, these types of projects that are coming into your water in your state, it creates this level of fear, I think, that what is going to happen to our water? Um, are we going to be safe here? What is going to happen if there's a spill? And line three is already in the ground and we worry about that every day. And yep. uh, Water Legacy is working to stop PolyMet. So um, thank you and welcome, Paula, for joining us tonight. Well, thank you very much, Ogima. I hope you can hear me um, yeah, with a, the headset. Yeah. And I think that was a really excellent summary of uh, the threat posed by poly PolyMet and why um, citizens throughout Minnesota, not including both indigenous and non-indigenous communities, should be really concerned about this project and about Glencore, the 200 billion, that's with a B, mm. um, that's the, their annual revenue. And they actually control PolyMet and they own most of PolyMet and they're not responsible on any of the permits that have been issued. So if there were a tailings dam collapse exactly like you explained or serious leakage, Glencore could walk away and PolyMet could go bankrupt. And that is one of the many reasons why people in Minnesota have to pay attention and anyone who cares about water uh, needs to be worried about this project. Well, Apollo, Apollo Maccabee, I am so happy that you're on uh, air with us. And I did have a chance to talk to you a couple of years ago up in Duluth at one of Winona's concerts. And it's great to see you and and working with Water Legacy. I'd love to, uh, we got only about a minute in this segment, but we'll bring you on the second segment and, and just dig deeper into this and and. We always try to figure out what can we do um, so maybe we can talk about actions that we can take too to support water legacy and support your work and also talk about we don't need this and you know Ogama bringing up uh, a 270 foot wall uh, you know to hold the waste in that that doesn't sound like a very good idea to me and I'm not an engineer it's a Oh, I was going to say, it's essentially what they pumped underground in concrete uh, when Line 3 had the aquifer breaches in two parts of Minnesota, except above ground. It's a real threat. And I think the other thing to realize is it's not even a wall. It's a pile of sand. And what happens with piles of sand is when they're not watched carefully, they collapse. And so there's a huge threat from the PolyMet project and especially from the tailings waste pile. Uh, Let's so take that, let's take a quick break and then let's jump right into this, Paula. I really appreciate you stopping in. And I know 
from my years of following you as a city council uh, member, you're a doer, so I'm excited to uh, get deeper into this. Thank you. Thank you, Albert. We'll be right back after this uh, short break. You're listening to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake. When we heal from our traumas. When we face our fears. Let go of our addictions. When we relearn our values. When we live our teachings. Respecting our elders. Cherishing and honoring our children. When we honor and take care of our spirit. There will be no room left for sexual violence. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Health insurance that fits my budget? I'm covered. I needed health coverage I could count on and afford. Mincher helped me find a plan that works for me, and they helped me save money. Did you know that most Minnesotans qualify for savings through Mincher? And they have free experts who can help you sign up for coverage. Go to Mincher.org today and get started and get covered. That's mnsure.org. mnsure.org. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Hi, this is Representative Sharice Davids from Kansas. I'm Ho-Chunk, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, you're uh, muted, Ogama, just like old time's sake here. Oh, man, I was. I haven't done that in a long time. Buju, <laughs> uh, it's Ogama. I just wanted to let everybody know that the Native American Community Development Institute's All My Relations Arts Gallery is hosting the Rosie Seema's dance performance, She Who Lives on the Road to War. It's only until December 15th, and there are limited showings available. So if you want to make sure to see this beautiful program, you need to go over to All My MyRelationsArts.com and get your tickets and get in to see that show before next Thursday, one week from today. Wow. Thanks, Ogama. Hey, we're here with Paula McAbee, and she is a water legacy uh, worker here. And I think you're a lawyer for water legacy, correct? Uh, yes. Okay. And and w- let's talk a little bit about the oral argument at the Minnesota Supreme Court regarding polymet uh, Can you uh, let our audience know a little bit about that? Sure. Um, We have actually, I've been working with Water Legacy as their lawyer and advocacy director since 2009. And when we started our work, we were told that PolyMet was a done deal and that they would be breaking ground and destroying water quality and precious wetlands in a matter of just a couple of years. And we and our allies, and those allies include the Fond du Lac Band of Lake Superior Chippewa and the Grand Portage Band of Lake Superior Chippewa and several other really important environmental groups. We've held them off now. Um, It's 13 years. And that's a really important thing to realize that when people get organized and when resources like lawyers and doctors and technicians and scientists are put into opposing bad things, we can do something about it. So where PolyMed is now, um, there was a permit to mine that was reversed by the Supreme Court just last year. And this year, um, part of the uh, water pollution permit was reversed because they didn't follow the Clean Water Act and analyzing seepage. But part of the important part of the, clean, of the PolyMet water pollution was left standing. And so that's why Water Legacy and our allies, we all petitioned the Supreme Court and said, we want you to look at this case. 
And the Supreme Court took it, and they take only about 5% of the cases, so they agreed it was really important. And these are the issues that we argued up at the Supreme Court last week. One, and Ogama mentioned this, that there was something funky going on in the permitting. Usually, when there's a big project like this, the EPA professional staff will put in their comments in writing. And in this case, EPA let the Minnesota agencies know, we're really concerned about this. We're concerned about the effect on mercury, on sulfate, on wild rice, on the downstream Fond du Lac band. And we think this permit is going to violate the Clean Water Act and won't be enforceable. And so the Pollution Control Agency knew that. And instead of just dealing with the comments, letting them be public, responding and writing like the law requires, they went to the political higher-ups above the, all of the program people and convinced the Trump administration to quash EPA's comments. So they were never submitted, they were withheld. And so one of the important issues at the Minnesota Supreme Court is if an agency uses improper procedures and we proved at the district court level um, that the procedures were improper, then that agency's decision should be considered unlawful and arbitrary and capricious, and they shouldn't be able to benefit by hiding important information from the public and hiding important information that would hold them accountable. So that was the first issue. We want the permit reversed because EPA should have a chance to put in their comments and the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency should not be rewarded for basically circumventing the law. And then the second issue that Water Legacy argued is that almost every wastewater permit and certainly a new permit for discharge to impaired waters has end of pipe limits saying you can't add more than this much pollution. The polymet permit, which is new, it has mercury impaired waters all the way from the headwaters of the St. Louis River down to the estuary and Lake Superior. And somehow the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency didn't make them put any end of pipe limits on mercury, sulfite, lead, nickel, arsenic, nothing. And so that was one of the arguments that the EPA made. Um, we Water Legacy eventually got their comments by suing the EPA in federal court under freedom of information. So we knew that. And that was one of the arguments that we made. And then the Fond du Lac band made a really compelling argument that they, well, Fond du Lac has their own water quality standards. And when the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency gave PolyMet its permit, they didn't even consider the ban standards at all. It just wasn't part of their record. And that is another way of saying, it not only was it illegal not to consider it, but it was also another way of showing that they were being arbitrary and just trying to give PolyMet what they wanted rather than following all the laws. And finally, Minnesota law has a really protective rule about groundwater. You're not supposed to put waste into groundwater. And if you have to put something on like a landfill, you're supposed to have basically the best prevention you have, you can possibly make. Both Polymet's 526 acre um, waste rock pile and Polymet's 13, uh, 1350 acre tailings waste, they don't have any liners. So the waste would just be going right into the groundwater, the surface shallow groundwater and the deeper groundwater. And maybe PolyMet says, oh, we're going to, once we've released it, we're going to recapture it. But there's nothing in terms of historical examples, field testing that shows how much they're going to recapture. And most Superfund sites that try to do this, they capture about 50, 60%. PolyMet is promising 99% without one bit of evidence that they could actually do it. So exactly what Ogama was talking about is releasing pollution through groundwater. And that groundwater will go back, you know, not only will it affect groundwater, people who have wells in the area, but will go into the wetlands and the surface water and affect people all the way down to the city of Duluth, Lake Superior, and the Fond du Lac band. You know, Paula, uh, this is blowing my mind because as you you and Ogama told this story today, it's like, what what is the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency thinking? How how you know what is the EPA thinking? I mean, who are these people making these decisions? I, I mean, is all I could think of uh, 
in my head as you two were speaking this truth? Well, I think that's a really good question, Robert. And I grew up in Minnesota, and I always thought we were kind of like Lake Wobegon, where all of our children were above average, and we were sort of better than everybody else. But I think what we've learned over the past 13 years at Water Legacy is that smugness is not deserved. There are many, many countries, like Ogamo was talking about, countries like Brazil and Chile, that wouldn't even allow the kind of dam that PolyMed is proposing to build now. And then there's the issue, um, we call it regulatory capture, because it's not really that someone at the Pollution Control Agency is getting money to do the wrong thing. It's that the, the pressure of the politicians at the legislature and the governor is to get the permits done, not to protect the water, not to protect human health, not to protect the future for the climate or nature. And so there's a lot of pressure on the pollution control agency to rubber stamp whatever the company wants. And even a culture of calling the companies that are going to pollute their customers rather than talking about the plants and the animals and the people who are going to drink the water or eat the fish as the real customers of the pollution control agency. So we started out thinking we were going to get polymet stopped and then we'd move on. We realized we really have to fight. Um, I, I'm seeing a, a flash across the screen of corruption. We need to fight the corruption and regulatory capture that prevents our agencies from acting in the public interest rather than in the private in interest of huge multinational corporations. Yeah, and, and we've, run this, we've run into this uh, since uh, Standing Rock and, um, and again, line three. Uh, go ahead, Olga. I didn't mean to uh, cut you off. No, that was okay. I just wanted to remind people, too, that much of the people at the commissioner's office of the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency are appointed officials. They're not officials that we get the chance as Minnesotans to vote in with our best interests in mind. These are people that are placed in their, into their positions um, to do this work. And um, I don't know. I guess I have a question for you, Paula. I don't know how to phrase it per se, but is there is there any way to take the... Minnesota Pollution Control Agency themselves to court for failing their due diligence to Minnesotans for their work? Well, to a certain extent, by arguing about these irregular procedures, we are taking them to court, but our only remedy here is not like a penalty. It's just that we'd be able to throw out the permit. But I think there's a bigger question is what can we do? I think that what has happened over the years is there's so much money in politics and most people are just struggling to, to get by, that we have a legislature that is not oriented to protecting nature, not oriented to protecting people, but a, a company just says money and jobs and they just have been allowing the companies to get away with anything they want. So if I was gonna say, what are some of the most important things that people can do is to become politically active and pay attention to races for governor and raise the profile of clean water, uh, nature, and a concern about environmental justice for indigenous communities and low-income communities. That is, I think, the biggest thing that everybody can do just a small piece of. Wow, Paula, thanks for stopping in. We need to get you on again. Uh, we need to do a whole show with you. Uh, excellent information. Ogama, great uh, questions and information, too. You're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and that was... Uh, Paula Maccabee of Water Legacy. We'll be right back with Robert Lilligren. You're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake. Stay with us. As we head towards colder weather, it's important to make sure you're up to date on vaccinations and protected from COVID-19. The Native American Community Clinic is now administering the updated Pfizer Bivalent Booster. The updated Bivalent Booster helps protect against the original COVID-19 strain and against newer Omicron variants. And it will help restore protection that has decreased since previous vaccinations. People age 5 and older are now recommended to get an updated bivalent booster dose at least two months after their last COVID-19 shot. That means the bivalent booster may be given after a person's primary series or after their last booster shot, regardless of what brand you received before. Even if you've already had COVID-19, you should get vaccinated. Right now, at the Native American Community Clinic, you can get COVID-19 vaccines, including updated boosters, at the same visit as other vaccines. 
However, if you've received a recent monkeypox vaccine, you may need to wait four weeks before you can get a COVID-19 vaccine, and you should discuss this with your provider. Schedule your vaccination appointment with the Native American Community Clinic by calling 612-872-8086. JNS Bean Factory is a Native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on site from the best coffee growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. This is David from The David Pakman Show, where we expose the hatriots, liars, and Trumpists. Weekdays at 2 p.m. on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Check out the award-winning Hazel's Northeast in Minneapolis on the corner of 29th and Johnson for a delicious meal any time of the day. Breakfast favorites include Jean's Mean Fried Egg Sandwich and the Drunken Banana French Toast. While for dinner, try selections like the fabulous Swedish Meatballs or Wild Rice Gumbo. Hazel's Northeast is located on the corner of 29th Avenue and Johnson Street, just a few minutes away from 35W. View Hazel's menu, make a reservation, or place a takeout order at hazelsne2go.com. Turn to Auto Technical with your vehicle donation. We have families waiting for a car. You know, over 85% of unemployed are successful in finding and keeping a job if they have dependable transportation. A car plus a job equals a life changed. 612-919-5526. We have families waiting for a car. 919-5526 or autotech.org. Hi, I'm Scott Shamblot from Shamblot Family Dentistry. We're the fear-free, shame-free dental office. We know dental anxiety and dental phobia are real. We'll take the time to get to know you and give you what you need to be comfortable at all times. We offer free nitrous oxide laughing gas and have high-tech options to help you feel calm and relaxed during your appointments. We'll help you get through every appointment in the most pain-free way possible. If you're having a dental emergency, we'll try and get you in the same day you call. Because we don't like to see anyone in pain. As my daughter Rachel says, If you don't see my dad, please see another dentist. Take care of your teeth because they're the only ones you get. This is Chad, owner of AM950. I've been going to Shamblot Family Dentistry for years. They get me in last minute when I'm in pain and make regular checkups easy and comfortable. Shamblot Family Dentistry in Hopkins and St. Paul. Find them online at shamblotfamilydentistry.com or call 1-800-FIX-MY-TEETH. With a look at your AM950 weather, I'm Patrick Lulia. Chance of snow late tonight with a low of 22, then a chance of snow on Friday with a high of 34. Cafe Latte is unlike any restaurant you've ever experienced. Grab a tray and pick from their award-winning selections of soups, salads, sandwiches, and mouth-watering desserts. Cafe Latte, Victoria Street and Grand Avenue in St. Paul, or CafeLatte.com. Native Ritz Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is brought to you by the Native American Community Development Institute in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and by MinSure. If you're looking for an affordable health plan and you're a resident of Minnesota, head on over to mnsure.org. Hey, Ogama, I'm going to relieve you of your duty right now because I hear a crying baby upstairs, and Robert and I will take this uh, the rest of the way, even though... Robert's not feeling good either. <laughs> but, yes. I know. But uh, it, it's interesting. Uh, we have two former city council members on today, Paula Maccabee and now Robert Lilligren. It's uh, old home week here with uh, the yeah, politicians. Yeah, and then I got to work with Paula a little in some of the water work she did and the environmental uh, sort of campaigns that she managed that came before the city council, after her city council career in St. Paul. So right. it's a small world. It sure is. And uh, I can hear your cold. You have yeah. a cold. 
I think Jeez. it's a cold, you know, with uh, I tested COVID, tested negative, but I'll tell you, it's been probably three years since I've had a cold. So because we were so cautious during the pandemic, so I've been out in the public a lot and things. So I, I think it's but, just a cold. But you are cautious in the public too, because I see you wearing a mask all the time. Uh, yeah. yeah, I've been letting up a little bit on it, you know. So this is a good lesson. And then, as I told you earlier, I'm planning a trip up to the North Shore. So before right. that from Minnesota, that's along the Lake Superior up in northern Minnesota, the North Shore. So I want to push through this as quickly as I can so I'm healthy when I'm up on the North Shore. Well, you guys do that every year, right? Yeah, we do it a couple times a year, maybe three, four times a year. But this December trip is the same. It's our anniversary. Yeah. So this will be our eighth anniversary, I think. I've told you this before. We were married on December 13, 2014. So it was 12, 13, 14. So wow. it's an easy one, an easy date to remember. Well, I know I when I was uh, a couple of years ago, when I was maybe more than a couple of years ago, maybe three years ago, I was begging you to be on the on uh, Native Roots Radio, and you said I can't talk to you about it until I come back from the North Shore. I was at Marlene's yeah. church for a for a rummage sale or something. Oh, right, right. Yeah, the holiday sale or the Christmas right, sale right. at All Nations Church. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, I protect that space, and it's been just such a spiritual place for my husband, me, his family. You know, I was born in Duluth, so right on the shore of Lake Superior, and then we've taken ashes of several close friends and relatives up there oh. as well. So there's a kind of a sacred piece to this, too. Yeah. Ichigumi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's great in November, you know, the, the gales of November. Sometimes the lake is just wild when we're up there. Well, speaking of wild, I think Georgia saved the nation. <laughs> yes, Georgia saved our democracy. They have changed the, the dialogue in so many ways, right? Uh, we see now Trump's goofy candidates aren't going to win, and everybody sees that. So, yay. Yeah. So that changes something a little more immediate. But now Georgia will always be in play for the foreseeable future. It will be a swing state. Nobody can take it for granted. It means you're going to have to work and work hard but in, in just a few short years to go from deep blue to a lovely purple shade is, is a pretty cool thing. You mean deep red from uh, uh, blue? Sorry, yeah. yes. Deep red. See, that's my foggy right. brain. Deep well, red check it out. Purple. Just think of his re-election six years from now, what the state will be like. Um, right. Because, you know, I, I got to back up a second. I'm here with Robert Lilligren, uh, CEO of uh, Native American Community Development Institute here in the Twin Cities in Minneapolis. And we love chatting on Thursdays here about local and national Native politics, but also, na you know, all politics, which, uh, which affect us here on Turtle Island. And um, again... You know, one of the game changers, too, I believe, Robert, and you can help me with this, is that now the the vice president doesn't have to stay in Washington all the time to put over the vote. And in, in, in these committees, it's a huge deal. That's a huge deal. Democrats will have true majorities in all committees in the Senate. That's a huge deal. It's big for the, uh, uh, for the appointment of judges. We're going to see that just pick up pick up the pace and you're right vice president uh harris can move around raise her profile that'll be a good thing and yeah georgia really saved us and you know all hail stacy abrams and the work that yeah. she's done to lay this groundwork and to help energize voters there but it's it's a game changer i was surprised and i, I have to give uh, herschel a little credit that he did uh have a speech and he did uh, concede, and he had a decent speech. And I'm thinking, if he would have been talking that way for the last year, he might have got elected. Possibly. And you know, <laughs> I've heard a lot about that. You know, I praise him. I'll praise him. You know, good conceding. Okay. Not everyone has. Good to have a good speech. That's a minimum, <laughs> right? That's a very low bar. If that's all we need from our candidates, that they know how to concede well, we're not asking enough of them. So, yes. Thank I you first. You. What, <laughs> Thank what's you that? I said, thank you for straightening me out there. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Well, we've heard it so much, you know, so it's an easy point to pick up. But uh, yeah, the, I think what a lot of people were surprised at is how close it was, right? Because yeah. I think, you know, 
right thinking people, correct thinking people think, how could you vote for Walker? You know, someone who clearly has demonstrated he's unfit for office. But but you got to remember that Republicans are putting voter uh, suppression oh. uh, measures in place, legislation in place to make it harder to vote. They battled everything Saturday voting in the runoff, which the Democrats challenged and, and won. It was reinstated. But but this victory of two points or two two or three points, you know, happened in an environment where there should not have been a democratic victory. So that's that's massive. I think it's a huge win. It is, and I, I'm curious to see, and 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 maybe not uh, so surprising, how the young people voted. Um, I know just uh, basic numbers when I was watching the the election or the results come in that I think it was something like 93% of the African-Americans did not vote for him. And then we're wondering who the heck is he voting for him? It's like, you know, putting up this kind of a candidate's a slap in the face of, uh, of African-Americans, you know? Right, uh, right. I, it's, you know, you think of Herschel Walker, what his career has been, you know, he's been working, working for the man, playing for the man. You know, this is kind of his, his M.O., so, you know, so you can step right into this role as a candidate, you know, working for the white man. And that's that you voted for him. And so college educated women, uh, black voters and young voters elected uh, Warnock. And, and I'm forever grateful <laughs> to them yeah. for that. And and they've shown that the the shallow kind of very, uh, issues that Republicans think uh, are people are going to vote on gas prices you know uh inflation people understand those things fluctuate people voted to preserve democracy people voted to preserve individual rights and this was deep thinking that went into people's votes and and determination and uh it wasn't like maybe a few decades ago where people were really putting their lives at risk to go vote, especially black voters. But people had to wait in lines forever and ever. There was tons of personal convenience and people did it, man. They maintained their place in line and got into the ballot boxes. Well, and we just talked about uh, or in the beginning uh, as we like to chit chat and forget people are listening. And, and one of the one, one of the cool things is when we uh, first met and uh, or talked about being on the show, and you and your husband were going on on a trip. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the marriage vote. Uh, first of all, oh, why yeah. the heck do we need this? And thank God we have it. I guess right. Right. You know, I mean, someone like me who's in a same-sex marriage, this matters a lot. I feel much more protected. You know, Justice Thomas and other Supreme Court justices made it clear they were gunning for marriage equality after after they shredded Roe versus Wade with the Dobbs decision and attacking these individual rights, these well-established individual rights. And, and this was coming next. So now it's the law of the land. I can't wait to see the president sign this legislation. You know, it had to bounce back to the House, which always makes, you know, makes me a little nervous. And it was interesting to see some Republican Congress people jumped from yes to no, and some jumped from no to yes. So wow. it was almost a wash uh, in, in the House. But it's hopefully this will mean it's a non-issue going forward, but it is the law of the land. So at least, at least my marriage thousands millions of other marriages interracial marriages yes you know uh when my parents were married my dad's native my mom's white their their wedding their marriage was illegal in 27 states so yep. you know this protects a lot of people yeah really good point and uh yeah i you know we can we with and this is a question we don't have the house but we have the senate can we do anything about more supreme court justice i mean I don't know. I was on a somebody else's show earlier today, and it's just like I used to really respect the Supreme Court. It was the Supreme Court, but now as a sixty-one-year-old person, I'm going, "This is a joke." Right, right. They are. They've lost the confidence of a majority of the American people. They're not dispensing justice for a majority of American people right now. With an elections case, they're trying to ensconce minority rule in this country and so 
So you're right to be concerned and you're right to um, to wonder. And, and we'll see what happens, right? The things happen to people, things happen. They could, there's always been conversations about expanding the court yeah. right, beyond nine. It's happened. The number of the Supreme Court justices has fluctuated throughout our history. It wouldn't be unprecedented yeah. to expand it. So that's a possibility. And or think things happen, you know, people, people change their life courses, you know, houses fall out of the sky on you, yeah. you know, different <laughs> things. <laughs> you never know. You so, know, when you first said that, I, that's the first thing, not the house thing, but uh, something like that happening. I'm going, is that sure. what he's talking about? Hey, I so, know you're not, I know you're not feeling well and yeah. we got another break. Is there any way you can uh, stay on for just a little bit in the second segment? Uh, sure. Cause don't if expect that, too much. I'll, I want to manage your expectations. No, you know, and Ogamai had to run to her baby, so you don't want me on here babbling to myself because that's never a good thing. Never. So thank you so much, Robert. I really appreciate that. I guess he couldn't say no. We were on live radio, so I right. said Right, very strategic of you, Robert. Uh-oh. Hey, we'll be right back with Robert Lilligren. <laughs> Stay with us, please. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Health insurance that fits my budget? I'm covered. I needed health coverage I could count on and afford. Minsure helped me find a plan that works for me, and they helped me save money. Did you know that most Minnesotans qualify for savings through Minsure? And they have free experts who can help you sign up for coverage. Go to Minsure.org today and get started and get covered. That's mnsure.org. mnsure.org. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States, and 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's live and let howl. Hey, Wendy, what are we doing for dinner after the show? How about we go to Jay Selby's on 169 Victoria Street in St. Paul. They have a delicious plant-based menu that's compassionate and environmentally sustainable. I'm getting their spot-on vegan Big Mac, the dirty secret. You can pick up and they deliver within a five-mile radius, or you can call them at 651-222-3263 or visit jayselbys.com. Well, you sold me one. Let's go order at Jay Selby's tonight. I'm hungry. You're listening to Native Roots Radio. This is Spirit from Reservation Dogs. Get up and listen. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, this portion is brought to you by Hauling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. How? See how I slowed down, Robert? I saw you taking I, a sip there, and I needed a, I needed a, a duet howl. <laughs> I love it. I don't have much of a voice for howling right now, so I did my best. No, you did great. And I appreciate you feeling under the we- weather here. And uh, our ace reporter, Ogama, had to run to her, her baby, so I appreciate you uh, hanging out a little bit yeah. uh, right longer. Well, I and- support that. Right where, on. where I work, we have an indigenous approach where we take care of ourselves first, our family second, and then the community. And, and so I support Ogama taking time away. And I will tell you, since we adopted that approach, which I was taught by a, a local elder, Linda Eagle Speaker, I'm sure you know her. Yeah. During COVID, she taught me that the take care of yourself first, family second, organization third. I just pushed against her and pushed against her. I'm like, no, we're indigenous. We care for the whole. And she just kept reaffirming self, family, then community. And since we've really embraced that at our organization, NACTI, 
amazing things have happened. Our capacity wow. has just blossomed. And, uh, and to watch the incredibly talented Native professionals, young Native professionals I work with just grow in such a way. So I'm, I'm, I'm spreading the word. Take care of yourself, your family, then the community. Yeah, I miss stopping by your office and seeing all those young warriors working with you and uh, side by side. And, uh, uh, you know, natives are progressive, but I feel like young natives are really progressive. <laughs> agree, <laughs> you know? agree. And we've talked about this a lot in our early elder years. It's their world. You yep. know, they are on such firmer ground than you and I were at their ages. Oh, my God. It's just going to be wonderful to see what happens in the coming years and decades. You know, too, just to, to talk about that for just a second, and um, I feel like um, it's not a race. I feel like a lot of our young ones are in different places, and I know um, uh, I was a slow learner, and I feel like, you know, later in my life, I've calmed down uh, a lot and uh, been able to listen to my heart and listen listen to other people and... Um, things change, but I, I think a lot of our young ones already have that. It seems like it, doesn't it? It seems like it. And, you know, I was talking to to a community member, a member of my board, who's just a driven professional native guy. And he, uh, he and I was saying to him, right, how much in these years, I really protect my uh, time and I take time away and take time to listen to my heart and go out into the world and listen to nature. And, and I didn't learn that at a young age. And no. I really picked up a lot of this from these millennials and young people I work around the self-care part. But I was trying to impress on him because he just runs and runs and runs. And I said, you know, I wish I would have learned that earlier. I can't yeah. imagine how much more, how I could have amplified my impact if I had started doing that earlier in my life. Yeah, it, it it's really interesting, and um, you know, we talk about all the things that have happened in our lifetime, uh, which is amazing. I mean, we're sixty two and sixty one. We talk about you know, voting, religious rights, and you know, people like the American Indian Movement that uh, really came uh, up and made us proud in the early days, and really were knocking down doors, literally. Uh, you know, we we talk about a lot of things that uh, we've lived through and uh, we've had the privilege to experience. So I can't imagine what our young ones are going to live through. You know, you know what I mean. My grandma, uh, uh, Grandma Nissen, was you know had dirt floors. You know what I mean. Sure. It's just like <laughs> no cars or horses. You know, she was born in the eighteen nineties. It's just. Yep. Yep. Think about that. Well, and even in the 60s and later, going up to the reservation, White Earth, that's my nation, and my elder relatives, they lived without electricity, running water, you know, plumbing. There were outhouses, and, you know, I'd go up there, you'd have kerosene lamps at night, you know, and this is in the 1960s, and I thought, oh, this is so cool, this is so cool, yeah. you know. I, I didn't realize it was because they were dirt poor, right? That's why they lived right. that way. But they lived a good life. They lived an authentic life that way. Yeah. And I like that word authentic. They lived an authentic life. And, um, so there's like, you were talking about your friend working so much. And so there's like, uh, you know, that balance where, where maybe less money, you work less and have more time for family and, and important things. Right. Right. And you know, the money piece is, is what it is. And, uh, you know, when I was a young man, it was um, Malcolm Forbes, wasn't it, who said, do what you love and the money will follow. Right? Mm. That was kind of this banner of the 70s, 80s and things. And and I just, I heard that and it didn't sit right with me. So I had to edit it and punctuate it and just say, do what you love. You know, and if, if, if in that equation, money has to be part of it to me, is that really what you love? Right? And. And as I was talking about in our organization in NACTI, where we prioritize ourselves, then our families, then the organization, the level of the kind of the, the punchline or the secret is the level of production and performance that I see some, from my staff is amazing. It's beyond anything. And I think some people from the outside look at look at me as like the easiest boss in the world because I'm so permissive about people taking care of themselves and their families. 
first, but the joke is, the punchline is, I'm getting more out of these people because of it. Wow. Uh, really? Wow. Um, I don't know. I, that I, I'm like, uh, wow, that's awesome. <laughs> that is it really is. awesome. It's hard to believe. I was just, we, with our board and staff, went into a retreat. We went down to Prairie Island, down to their facilities, down to the Prairie Island Nation, Prairie Island community. And uh, and I was telling my board about this, you know, and it's just been almost like a magical, mystical thing. I'm like, I feel like I should publish on this. And they're like, you should, you should. Uh, or at least go... Or at least, at least go out and spo speak on it and become a, yeah. a circuit speaker on uh, how things are going. That'd be awesome. Maybe that's my next career. Right on. Well, I always, you know, we only got a couple minutes left, so I really appreciate it, Robert, that you were able to hold on. And, um, I, you know, I was always told that, it, you know, and this is a 70s, 80 thing, too. If you can, if you can uh, master anything, you can do anything. And I always was used to beat myself up because I liked a lot of, I know a lot of about, a little about a lot of things. And that, but that really helped me in my film and video career because I could I talk to anybody. So those, those uh, myths that rich people that maybe were born, you know, rich, <laughs> that try and tell us how, how we should be, uh, should probably be thrown out. Agree, agree. And, you know, I, I'm kind of like that as well. I'm interested in a lot of things. And, you know, as we get older and you look back and you have all this perspective, right? It's like, oh, well, I've gone here, I've gone there. I wasn't one of those people who had a plan and going from here to here to here to here. It was like I'd get up every morning and figure out what door I was going to walk through. But uh, that inch deep and a mile wide perspective really helped um, when I was in politics. That's what people want from politicians. You have to know a lot or a little yeah. about a lot of things, you know, and so, so that kind of helped me in that. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, we did it. We got like less than a minute left in the show, Robert. I really, really appreciate uh, you uh, holding on for another segment, and I always really appreciate our conversation. Um, so we got like thirty seconds. Do you have any anything else? Oh, gosh. Uh, I don't know. There's 30 seconds isn't very much time. Uh, I guess <laughs> we can go back. Uh, an election just happened. Another one's happening in Minneapolis next year and in two years a biggie. So I would just encourage people to, to stay involved, stay informed, get your parents to vote, get your kids to vote, get your neighbors to vote, and, uh, and we can take this democracy back. Wow. Great, great way to end the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Robert Lilligram, Native American Community Development Institute. If you're listening to the show, you are part of the resistance from Chief Plenty Coops. The ground in which we stand on is sacred ground. It is the blood of our ancestors. We need to resist, divest, join a group, run for office. Pinigi to Robert Lilligren, Ogama, and uh, Paula Maccabee today. What a show. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day. Signing off at Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake. Free Leonard Peltier now. Mm -hmm.